Welcome to Beyond the Block, a Web3-focused podcast where in each episode, we'll explore a topic impacting our industry. Joined by an esteemed industry colleague, we'll dive deep into how it's driving our businesses. This is, of course, all powered by Kadena, the only truly scalable layer one proof-of-work blockchain. Let's dive in. Let's go rock and roll. So awesome. Um, one thing, one, one thing I guess that would be interesting to talk about is how we even met. Uh, so it's it's not often that uh, I, I think I recall the story, or at least I think I recall how we met, which was through a local group that we have out here, right? Uh, yes. This Maroon yeah. Web three group that we have. Um, I think it was probably it was either a coffee get together or a happy hour. Uh, it may have been a coffee happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably both or, or maybe one of the others. Um, I'm sure we've crossed paths as well at some of the events. Um, I don't know. I, I love the events. I know you've been to a bunch of them too. And we can even talk about this at, uh, towards the end uh, around ETH Denver and what's happening out there. Um, but why don't you give for the people that will be listening and tuning in, uh, give them a bit of a background, like uh, where your Web3 journey started and take us from there. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go I'll go all the way back because I think it's kind of interesting in terms of like that journey uh, yeah. and where I came from. So I started uh, in traditional finance over at Goldman, uh, managing multi-asset class portfolios on discretion. Uh, had a great time there. Uh, just didn't feel like we were super innovative. Uh, and that led me to go do a tech startup uh, which brought me from New York to San Francisco. Um, while I was at Goldman, a friend actually told me about Bitcoin. At that time, I was not technical. I was like, there's other cryptocurrencies before. What is this? I was in TradFi. I'm like, this makes no sense. I don't even know how to interact with it. Um, and then it took me to become technical. Uh, and with Ethereum coming out, that it got me actually really excited. So the fact that we could do programmable wallet or programmable money uh, is a really enticing part to me. And so I started writing smart contracts back in about like 2015, 2016. Um, and I, that, at that time I was working at a company called Pivotal Software. So we were uh, mostly consultancy, helping teams determine value and build out value efficiently. And then I moved to our R&D group where we actually started building a bunch of products uh, for our customers and the problems that they had. That ultimately scaled up. We went public, got acquired by VMware. Pretty much the entire time on the side, I've been doing things in crypto. A friend tried to get me to join Consensus back in like 2016. Uh, we were on a golf course for a wedding, and the only ones that were talking about crypto. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't join then. Had a lot of great opportunities at Pivotal that I needed to see out. And then once uh, after the acquisition, I kind of looked back at the space, realized that things have gone a lot uh, have gotten a lot further along when it comes to the infrastructure and the technology. Um, still felt like it was early. Uh, and, but I thought it was finally at a point where we could start leveraging the technology to do some really interesting things. And so that's when I joined full time. I looked around at a bunch of different companies, ultimately decided on consensus, happy to talk about why. Um, but I started as running product for our protocol scheme. Um, happy to talk about that experience. Uh, and then eventually moved over to specifically on MetaMask. So I helped drive product for MetaMask uh, and working across a series of teams there. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I love I love people's experiences and people's journeys of actually stepping into uh, the crypto and Web3 space, not just as a trader or dabbling or whatever else. And also, I did not know that, that you were actually writing smart contracts. That is yeah. really interesting. 
And th and that was actually you were doing that just before you got acquired by VMware, you said, right? So yeah, so we we got acquired. Uh, it was essentially like during the pandemic. Um, yep. or right before the pandemic uh, is when we got acquired by VMware. But yeah, so I was doing that early on. I went to a coding boot camp. It was one of those. I went from traditional finance. I had a finance background. Noticed that people did really well who had a finance background uh, yep. in, in the bank. And so when I moved and I wanted to stay within the software sector, I knew I needed to have some like uh, engineering um, background. And so I went to a coding boot camp. All my uh, fellow, like, people in the cohort ended up are still software engineers. I was the only one that didn't yeah. become one. Um, but yeah, I felt like my, uh, my my choices were to be like a mediocre software engineer or leverage my talents elsewhere. And that's what brought me to product management. So uh, having a technical background helped. And yeah, once once uh, Ethereum came out and it was really fun just to write some smart contracts and understand how the whole system functioned from that perspective. Yeah, I didn't actually realize um that you were involved with vmware at some point i mean at some point i guess over the next coffee or happy hour we can talk about that because actually my background yeah. started in data centers and so oh, i amazing. was always partnered with and working with uh, vmware i was building out data centers oh, yeah. as such so uh, always a strong partner but yeah so take me take me on a journey for through consensus i mean one of the most uh well-known organizations when it comes to Web3, uh, obviously founded yes. by um, Joe Lubin. And mm -hmm. um, and for those that will be tuning in, whatever else, one of the original co-founders of Ethereum. Um, really interesting to hear how you decided, why you decided to join Consensus, what that's yeah. been like. And I mean, Consensus for uh, many people, most people don't realize how many different products actually come out of consensus yes. uh, there's uh infura there's uh, metamask there's a handful of other products there's the incubator yeah. merger and acquisition piece it's really interesting so if you can share about that I i'd love to hear more of course yeah, yeah of course yeah it's um consensus has been like a, a pretty interesting company um just from like the history as you said um most people I feel like have worked there at one time or another. Uh, I will shout out that we are uh, always hiring, uh, always looking for great people. So you can kind of join the alumni group if you're interested. Um, uh, but yeah, so Consensus started off really from like a hub and spoke model, right? So Joe has always been super supportive of others, supportive of the ecosystem. He's been trying to do whatever he can to help uh, jumpstart ideas, right? Because there's so many different ways and paths that people can go when it comes to this technology. And so at the very beginning, yeah, that hub and spoke model was basically Joe helping uh, support individual teams spinning up and going after all these different ideas. And so it wasn't um, a standard kind of like software company. And it was more of, I would say, like an incubator. And so it wasn't until I think it was 2020 or so, there was that determination to let's take some of these products that we know work really well together and have that vertical integration. And so, yeah, so the goal there was like, let's create a traditional software company, have vertically integrated. Um, and so that's when we brought uh, our protocols team, Infura, as well as MetaMask together. Uh, there was a few other products and companies as well from like the developer enablement perspective. And then there was the separation of what's called consensus mesh. And that's still the incubator and kind of like venture yeah. arm. Um, they are two completely separate companies. Um, uh, and so they're not they're not driven from the same same uh, perspective. And so at that time, I I joined Consensus at the end of 2021. So to me, it felt like actually a very new company, right? So we were still trying to figure out how to work together. 
what the culture was that we wanted, um, what the processes are that we wanted, because what you, what happened was they took uh, multiple different companies with CEOs and different cultures and put them all under one roof, right? So it took a lot of time to figure out how like ways of working were necessary. And then how do we do a strategy for all these different like vertically integrated um, products to actually come together to produce more value than them as a standalone. And so uh, when I joined it, it actually, I felt like I, I was walking around a little bit with a hatchet. So there was a lot of different <laughs> products that we're going after and we need to drive some focus. And so uh, kind of for my first year, um, I feel like I got rid of, I helped get rid of like 10 different products that we were doing wow. um, that maybe didn't have the validation or the strategic alignment. Um, and then we refocused, I'd say, I, I think the company and, and those teams onto uh, the products that we have today. And so the reason that, consensus was so enticing to me compared to maybe some other um, companies that were out there is one, I, I think consensus does a great job of actually leveraging the technology for what it's uh, valuable for. So like the tr true uh, public permissionless and self custodial nature. I think the other part that was really interesting is that consensus does handle the full stack. So we have uh, like R and D developers contributing to uh, all core devs all the way up to the wallet. And so I, I've been lucky enough to move across a lot of the teams here at Consensus. So I feel like I've been able to work all the way down with all core devs to like helping drive kind of the future of what wallets look like. And that to me is something that I don't feel like I could get at many other uh, companies. Yeah, that that's amazing. I mean, I, I did not realize that there were maybe five, ten, even more other products that had actually been part of this whole ecosystem that as you as you rightfully said, pulled out the hatchet and started getting rid of, rid of the ones that just didn't make sense. Uh, looking back, which is the easiest thing to talk about, um, were any of those products that you decided to get rid of, did they actually become anything beyond this? Uh, I would say no. Uh, okay. So I think, yeah. I, think there's, I think there's a lot of things, and this is maybe uh, because there was so much support of going after so many ideas, yeah, I do think that some of those ideas will become valuable later, but we are yep. just like way too early. And so some of the uh, some of the things that I joke about with uh, people who are building in this space is like, we don't even have an, especially if you're building for a consumer, we don't even have an easy way for a lot of these like dApps or consumer applications to interact with our customers. Whereas in Web2, yep. that's like a given. And so like yep. you are working with your hands behind your back. And so, granted, we're, of course, working on some things to make that easier for individuals, yeah. but, like, some of the basic infrastructure is completely missing. Yeah. And so, it's still, it still is early, but I do feel like this year we're, we're really starting to turn the corner in terms of, like, what we can do in the space, which is exciting. Yeah, I love that. And, I mean, your journey all the way through to now, um, the MetaMask side, and in particular, I know you and I have spoken a ton about MetaMask snaps, which we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, a, a little later as we start uh, talking through this because you, you know I'm super excited by how that whole composable stack has been built. Um, wallets, the forefront, the entry point for anybody into Web3, um, arguably yes. either the great experience and people stay or the deterrent where people yes. are like, this is just too hard, I'm walking away. Um, yeah. Talk to me about like what, what you're seeing uh, what you felt, I mean, MetaMask is arguably the most used wallet out there. Um, I, I don't know what the numbers are as to how many yeah. addresses actually exist, but uh, yeah. 
we, we don't actually either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I, I, I knew like that. Core, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so core to, so Dan and Aaron, right. That built MetaMask so long ago at this point. Yeah. So it's very early and like, they really changed the game in terms of like back then everyone kind of gives us a hard time about like user experience back then. Yeah. This was like the best user experience. Um, and one of the core concepts uh, that they focused on is just flexibility. Right. And I yeah. think that's what got us to where we are is MetaMask was the most flexible wallet. And so like, we aren't, we don't know what is going to come, but what we can do is like try to enable in the most uh, easy form for those developers to leverage MetaMask to do whatever it is that they want to actually do. And so um, we, we have like certainly separation of like the everyday user versus power users. We can, we can jump into that in terms of how we think about enabling those, but you'll, you'll see MetaMask as kind of like, this is the place where you can turn all the knobs if you want to. Um, what we are actively working on is making it so that for those who don't care about turning all the knobs, they do have a very simplistic and easy user experience. And then how can we make a little bit more of those like opinionated defaults for the user to really protect them and, and really simplify. But, um, I, I think, um, wallets to your point is like really like a core to this kind of web three ethos and experience. And what we see it as is actually like a benefit for all these DAP developers, right? Like, the fact that you can be a team of five and spin up essentially like a DEX or a bank in like a day is because all this infrastructure is already built for you and it's public permissionless and it's all accessible. And so like we do a lot of the work for those developers so that they don't have to, right? And so we can handle things like asset management, signing, making sure that we're handling security, making sure um, that we can like handle network support and that they're interacting with the right networks. And again, it's just so like the DAP doesn't need to do this. They just integrate MetaMask, uh, they can leverage our SDK, and then all of a sudden, like, all that functionality is there. Um, and we're doing a ton of background, uh, especially uh, for the security side of things. So, like, we have bridging and swaps and ramps, and, like, recently there was a, um, uh, a hack with, like, Socket, but the, because we built our own smart contracts and we take an aggregative approach, our users didn't have actually any uh, risk that was associated with it. And so, again, it's like we have a pretty sizable team and a lot of that is just to mitigate risk for others. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, anybody that I've ever spoken to in Web3, unless they're just a novice trader that just uses a centralized exchange, just on-ramp, off-ramp or whatever else, um, yeah. I've genuinely never met anybody that hasn't interacted with MetaMask and doesn't own a MetaMask wallet. So. Uh, you know that yeah. there was a decent bet and a great product that was built and developed. And I think what we're seeing now is actually, for, for me, uh, as a, a user, consumer and builder, um, I feel that we're getting to this evolution of now being able to build on top of, which you could never do before. None of the, in fact, none of yeah. the wallets you could ever do before, uh, but now creating this real... I guess we'll, we, we can dive into it now, actually. Um, this real composable model that has been built with Snaps has just opened up the gate for everyone and anyone to build something of value that can then be shared and leveraged and or modified uh, for your use case within your dApps. Um, I, I'm a huge advocate for these composable models. Um, you know, go, yeah. go with the industry narrative of modularity. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to use that. Uh, but the, this ability to just build these snaps or modules that we can plug in. Um, I think one of your first ones that was built was, 
wallet guard, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were one of the, the first few uh, snaps that yeah. were actually built. Uh, great team. I'm actually a big user of, of wallet guard. I, I think it's a, a wonderful product. Um, but just having that ability to build this where before none of those components were ever plugged into the wallet directly yeah. like that just did not exist you had to go out it yeah. was another app completely another plug-in uh, it was complex and this is starting yeah. to really create a cohesive or inclusive ecosystem is how i see it for sure yeah um and and the snaps team has done an incredible job of kind of like finding multiple ways to open up that modularity that you were talking about yeah. um and, it, and really the whole premise is it came back to like what was our core differentiator and its flexibility. Like we realized we cannot add all these things ourselves and we cannot manage all those dependencies ourselves. So let's like open it up to allow for the ecosystem to develop what they need and what they want for their end customers um, and make that accessible. So we still have a ways to go to make it a very seamless experience. Um, but uh, it seems like we're already finding a lot of success that's associated with it. I'd be curious uh, from your perspective, um, maybe like what is the snap enabled for for you all in terms of uh, Kadena and, and your ecosystem? Yeah. So, or what do you see as like what it what it can evolve to as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as many people now know, we made a public announcement about this early January that we are uh, we have built um, our own MetaMask snap. Um, it is going through the auditing process, which I love. Uh, I love the fact that you actually force an auditing process and a whole QA testing module before this can even be, the snap can even be released to the snap directory, which means anybody can build a snap. <clears throat> Nobody can validly use the snap until it's been gone through this whole stringent authorization pro uh, process. So you've got uh, MetaMask Snaps actually has their own, uh, where you guys have your own dedicated or approved auditors, and you can only use those, which is pretty, pretty yeah. great. And then the whole process to actually vet and test and validate that everything's okay. Then we can go back, uh, fix any bugs or, or concerns or whatever else before release. So that to me is actually, it was one of my original concerns, which was how do you now prevent people from putting malicious snaps out there. Uh, but this For whole sure. program in place, which um, uh, was explained to me, it was out at Permissionless. I met up with the, uh, the snaps team and they were explaining to me that this is why this whole process is in place. And that got me yeah. really excited because I always wanted um, Kadena to be able to build a snap and be integrated with MetaMask. But um, MetaMask has to date, uh, before this, really focused primarily on EVM chains. Uh, ease of integration makes sense based on the background and whatever else. So it kind of was like, well, tough luck, you're not building on EVM, you know, uh, go find another wallet to integrate with. But yeah. now you can actually be part of an ecosystem and a product where the masses actually are and where a large number of builders are leveraging, developing and integrating with. So for us, um, once we have our Snap launched and once we can release it to our community and to our users and to our builders, it not only gives them an opportunity to play where others play, but it also opens up the gates to 
um, users that are um, or consumers that have used MetaMask but could never interact with Cadena before through yeah. a single wallet. Now, for advanced users, I, I think most of us probably have more than three or five or even more wallets because uh, there are certain wallets that are um, developed purely built for certain for purpose. Purposes. Yeah, yeah built, built for purpose. Exactly, exactly right. And so with the snaps, for me, we start getting to the point where you can live in a single wallet ecosystem. So it makes life easier. I do think that there's value in having uh, multiple products out there. I'm all about uh, co-opetition, uh, which is collaborative. Sure. We are too. I th yeah, I, I know you guys are, and I, and I mean, I know that even with Infura and with uh, uh, with the MetaMask product. So, um, yeah, for for me and and for us as Kadena, this is an opportunity for us to be integrated into a wallet where we could never live before, and and so yes. that's really opened the gates for us. Um, and just to add to that, I have found inter the interaction with the Snaps team. Uh, with MetaMask as a whole, but with the Snaps team in particular has been fantastic. I mean, uh, the builder calls that they have uh, every few weeks have been amazing. It's really inclusive. You can ask questions. You can uh, propose ideas. It's, it really feels like this community collaborative driven uh, project as opposed to, hey, we're MetaMask. We're going to build this and you will just use it because we said that that's how you do it. It's now the other side, which is this is That's the ethos of three. You know, yeah. everybody can contribute. Everybody can have a part. And and you really do feel um, that you're being listened to. And, and that's, that's, that's highly valuable for us. And that's that's why we chose. Um, it's highly valuable for us, too, because if yeah. we're not building what, what our customers actually need, then we're screwed. Exactly. Exactly right. I mean. Uh, if you think of, uh, I'll use Wallagot as an example. I love Omen team, uh, fantastic. Um, if you think of their product, I mean, you're not going to tell, you as MetaMask are not going to tell users, hey, you have to use this product for your uh, 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 protection of your transactions and whatever else. Um, but they've built a plugin and said, well, hey, if you want to do something, you want to use a product, he has a simple way to do it. And yeah. we can do the same. As Kadena, we can do the same. We, our, our Snap doesn't have to stop at just a wallet integration. We're already yes. looking at um, our next versions and iterations of what we want to do, which is going to enhance the experience beyond just a simple buy, sell, trade. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that's uh, really interesting, right? It's like no one solution is going to be the silver bullet. And it goes back to what we were talking about before, where this like ecosystem is so, uh, so like vast, and so depending on uh, what it is that you're interacting with and what area you're interacting with, there's yeah. going to be different solutions for each of those. And so, like, the premise is that in a year from now, like your MetaMask and my MetaMask will look different depending on what it is that's interesting to us and what ecosystems that we're interacting with. And like, it goes back to like it is. Uh, like flexibility is like our number one superpower. And so like, we know that this is a multi-chain world. And so it, because MetaMask was built so long ago, and I think some people say like, oh, we're, we're behind in some aspects. Like we did have to spend a decent amount of time refactoring the entire <laughs> code base to actually <laughs> yeah. work in this new paradigm and, and get us to where, where we are today. And then I, I also think like where we're going to be getting to here very soon 
So I'm like, I'm very excited for like all the different aspects that we're, we're touching on um, within MetaMask to really help with that enablement and kind of like cross the chasm. So um, yeah, yeah. The, the snap side is, is certainly exciting. And I think we're, especially for non-EVM, where there's a lot of work coming that should enable that more and more. And then of course, give you as a like a developer more access to that real estate to then drive users to certain locations for them to help facilitate some of those transactions. So we make that, that process more and more seamless. Yeah, and we that's spot on. And, and what we also get to now do is we're going to get to showcase Pact, our smart contract language. We're going to get to showcase Marmalade, what we're doing with NFTs. We're going to get to showcase what we're doing with our our bridging when we launch our Hyperlane bridge uh, and the swaps and integration with different dApps. And, you know, uh, you want to talk about uh, industry narratives, it'll be what you can do as it relates to RWAs or as everybody's talking about DPINs or uh, whatever it's going to be. Um, you're going to be able to do all of this just by building these plugins, uh, these modular snaps or plugins or whatever else you want to call it. Yeah. And also, uh, one thing I think about when I look at this model, because what excited me was not uh, was not just that you can build on MetaMask, but what excited me was that these are just Lego building blocks and you can keep adding and iterating and changing. And, oh, what about this? Oh, we can just add a plugin. It's not a refactoring of the entire product per se. Yep. But also, you guys get to basically run a hackathon all day, every day with all these developers because people are thinking about what's next and now they can yeah. build it. Uh, they can build it, test it, prove it, deploy it. I guess. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. Quite... Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly really exciting to see what people build. Uh, it also, like to what you were saying, right, it really has been driving the snap scheme of like where to go next and what do we need to open up and how do we kind of take that uh, next step. And so we're already iterating on some of the first um areas that were like uh, integrated, right? So some of those like transaction insights. And so like we're redesigning how we do confirmation so that we can handle the multiple snaps that people add in, things like wallet guard. Um, and how do we make that more human readable and, and a little bit more approachable? And then like next up are, are some of the account side. So like that's the part that I'm really excited for is like maybe there's a world in which you don't want to use SRPs and you do want different recovery methods, but there's so many different types. And so depending on what is right for you and like what you actually want, you can add those different recovery methods in there and you don't have to be forced to a singular recovery method uh, that we're yeah. like forcing you to do. You get to pick and choose what's right for you in your circumstance. I love that. You actually just touched on two pieces that are, are so important. One, you touched on the human readable piece, which if you have or have not seen, um, the, our whole narrative is about humans and, and making yeah. it, blockchain and this whole world accessible to every human being, uh, making it yes. human readable, understand what you're doing, understand why you're transacting this way, understand what you're signing, why you're signing yes. it, what it means, and what's going to happen. As in this, this transaction is going to force this token to move from this wallet to uh, destination. Um, yes. Or you're interacting with a smart contract. What does it actually mean? Um, which really talks exceptionally well to our ethos um, around yeah. and what we're doing from a human side, the human layer as such, and also what we're doing from uh, our PAC smart contracts, which by nature are human readable. 
So for yeah. even non-devs, now I'm going to say that you're even more advanced because you've actually written a bunch of smart contracts and played around with stuff. But for people that can't write code or can't understand smart contracts, uh, the beauty when it comes to Pact is that it's actually human readable. So it, it kind of relates very closely to what you're talking about. And we're going to get to showcase that, which is something that I'm rather excited about. And then yeah, and the bulk of bulk of the users are in that camp, right? Like I, oh, I yeah. think when we built MetaMask, like it was mostly for those power users and developers because that's what was around at that time. But like yeah, as time yeah. progresses, right? Like we're we're assuming that ninety percent of the users are not going to be sitting there understanding like what's going on underneath the hood and need to turn all the yeah. knobs, right? But there's ten percent that that is extremely important for, and we need to make sure that we enable. But the, the majority, right, yeah. needs that like easy access and, and human readability. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And then the other piece that you touched on as well was about this recovery, the way to actually recover wallets or, you know, remember your, your 24 um, word seed phrase and whatever else. Hot dog, mustard, what, what ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you guys doing in that aspect? I mean, around either MPC or uh, yeah. some other kind of sharded key shares or whatever else it is. Yeah. So, um, what the nice answer is that right, we're uh, we're not doing everything, right? So that goes back yeah. to the snaps, right? There's a lot of great teams that have a lot of uh, great solutions, and so yeah. they're coming to the table to provide snaps depending on the circumstance that's right for you. Um, I think a, a big enablement, right, is just how do you handle smart contract accounts? And so our accounts team has been working uh, relentlessly on enabling the ability to handle smart contract accounts in MetaMask. There's a series of things that we're coming out with our own like form of a smart uh, smart contract account, which we're excited about um, as well. Awesome. But by enabling that and enabling some of these snaps, you'll be able to do things like MPC and social recovery or whatever it may be um, that you can essentially bolt on. And like we're we're going to build in some default experiences for sure, um, but we'll we'll have more of that plethora of options uh, based off of the snaps that are coming. That's awesome. Um, actually, it raises a question for me. Is there any thoughts at any point of taking some of the snap modules or, or the snaps that are built? Let's say, for example, somebody builds a, an incredible multi-sig snap. I'm just using a random example. And it makes sense that this becomes part of the core product. Has there been any thought behind that where it, I'm not talking about mergers and acquisitions. I'm talking about actually mm -hmm. bringing that code into the core core product itself. Because if, 100. unless I've missed something, I, I don't think I have, um, the snaps are not going to work on a mobile device yet. It's, it's all based on the browser plugin. I say yet. Um, and so um, in order to get access to a lot of these kind of snaps, you have to be on your, your desktop. And as yeah. we onboard hate that word i'm going to use it anyway as we onboard um more and more users we're talking about a generation that lives on their phone so yep. and in order to get some of those modules you'd that have to either be able to use snaps on a mobile device which i'm going to dare say is has got to be down the pipeline but also yep. they may form part of the core code is is, is that yeah so so i think uh great great uh Great assumptions. Um, <laughs> so we are. So I think there's a few different parts here, right? So one of them is for sure we're looking to enable snaps on mobile, and we're looking to do that relatively soon. 
Um, so in the next quarter or two, um, that should be happening. The Amazing. part uh, also that's interesting is, so of course, like with Snaps, we are dog fooding it internally as well. So we are building new yeah. structures within the wallet and we are doing those with Snaps. So instead of being like everyone else, you use Snaps, try to use it, like give us their feedback. Like we are also building new functionality with Snaps internally. And what we're doing is we're, we're calling them preloaded snaps. So when you get uh, and download uh, the MetaMask client, either extension or mobile, uh, you will get this new functionality. You won't know that they're a snap, but essentially underneath the hood, they're a snap. And so we're testing that out right now. We're building a few of those. And so I think to your point, one, we'll have our own home-built snaps that are preloaded. But especially if yep. there is a specific snap that does really well, there could be a premise of having that also preloaded in the wallet for all customers. And of course, like we had worked with that partner on how to make sure that they're compensated and, and make sure that uh, it's yeah, mutually yeah, yeah. beneficial um, when it comes to that. But yeah. for the most part, we do want to make sure that like we're not playing favors and it is really open to uh, a lot of options for the individual to decide. But yeah, if there's some very core aspects, those are where some of those preloaded snaps may come into play. Oh, I love that. That excites me. Um, I, I'm never upset when some of my assumptions uh, tend to fall correctly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of us share similar visions on, on where we can go uh, in this industry and we're just looking at the wallets and on-ramp providers and interactions yeah. and whatever else needs to go um, and with a big focus on the consumer, on, on the, the humans at the yes. end of the day. Yeah, that's a goal. And yeah. so, like, I mean, uh, even with embeddable wallets, like, we're, we're working on that. And, like, maybe soon you'll be able to see a world in which you actually don't need a mobile app or you don't need an extension. And you can then interact with dApps. And underneath the hood, right, like, all these snaps are integrated into it. That gives you yeah. additional functionality. So, like, that starts to become really interesting. And, and the whole point, right, with kind of, like, the way that we build in, in the Web3 ecosystem is, like, you can then onboard say to like the metamask portfolio without the extension or mobile and as soon as you want to use the extension or another extension like you can go and attach and move your account to that and so like you all of a sudden can plug and play and move things around it's kind of like uh like in the financial system today it's kind of like saying oh i like the and i don't know if anyone actually ever has said this but like i like the ui of chase over bank of america so like without actually moving any money just like rotate my ui and this yep. is something that you can essentially do in this space, which is which is super exciting. I love that. I and I love that analogy too, because one of the things I would love to see and have shared this a number of times is the ability to transact within my wallet, similarly to how I transact in my Web two banking wallets, uh, ease of transfer of funds, uh, sub accounts, um, where I could be like. As a, as a parent, I could have child accounts, I could set spending limits, I could set oh, yeah. uh, authorization limits. All the, I, in fact, I think you and I spoke about this the other night. Um, oh, yeah. I can set, uh, you can do stuff like even um, estate planning or recovery or all these kinds of things, which is what a smart wallet is supposed to do. And I think yeah. we're getting closer and closer to it by the day. And it sounds like from what you've shared both here and prior with me, it, it sounds like uh, we're even closer than I thought. Yeah, and smart contract accounts are the things that will enable that. And like whenever new technology yeah. comes in, I think a lot of people get very excited very fast, but it takes a couple of years to really like play oh. out. 
So like, even though everyone's been talking about smart contract accounts, like probably, probably for a couple of years now, it's like this year we're starting to see more and more integrations, but it's not, uh, what we don't want to do is be like, Hey user, do you want a smart contract account? Like that does nothing, right? It's like, it's more, do you want this functionality? Here's how, and like, and then we can deploy a smart contract account and do everything underneath the hood for them to get that additional functionality. Um, and that's really like, I think where the, the value actually starts to show, right? Like most yeah. users don't, don't know what a smart contract account is, shouldn't need to know, won't care, uh, the parameters. Some will and we'll enable that, yeah. but otherwise it's like, let's deploy this. Let's deploy it on a certain L2 and then I'm going to get all this functionality now that I couldn't do before. Yeah. The, the toggle on, toggle off. Uh, scenario just has to come into play it can't be this convoluted do you want a smart contract wallet do you want a this or whatever else it should just be yeah. on or off that's it uh, and and almost exactly. like the um the the novice or, or the light the novice is just going to be terrible the light version and the advanced version yes yeah yeah and so yeah we're i mean we're like we uh, jiggering or like settings, right? Like the, the biggest thing is we want to make sure that we keep all those toggles for those advanced uh, users. Um, but like we're, we're making those toggles a little bit easier to find and that they're consistent. <laughs> and then if you have kind of like primary toggles, you're like, okay, turn all of these things all on at once um, or, or turn them off, right? So like we maintain yeah. the privacy, we maintain the control, but for most users, they'll probably have them all toggled on. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know if you see it like this, but I could probably see an instance where wallets are used for enterprise uh, as in within the organization there's a reason why you're doing that you're interacting with certain apps within an organization yeah. and now like with oh, I can't remember I can't remember what it was called but where you had to, you used to have these policies like corporate policies that would be applied to your phone and then mm -hmm. you could only install certain apps uh, it was the same as yep. your laptops or whatever else. It's like when they deployed a uh, standard operating environment, an SOE, and, and you would only be able to see those apps and you couldn't install more and you couldn't remove any. And yep. you could probably get to that granular control of a wallet in the For enterprise sure. where they can only do certain things. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, for, for sure you could probably do that uh, within the wallet, but I even think um, like we could get rid of Okta like very soon, right? So with the admin <laughs> and smart contract accounts, uh, there's this um, open source technology uh, that's that, that we provided called Delegator. So you do like delegated smart contract accounts with some form of like delegated NFTs. And like oh, yeah. all of a sudden, like that becomes much easier. So an entire organization can essentially delegate an NFT to an end user based off their wallet and their wallet is the access controls. And at any moment, the uh, like, um, I guess centralized group that is controlling who has access to what can just remove that access. And like, it will cost you less than a cent and you do it once versus paying whatever the monthly fee is per user for something like Okta. And so like your, exactly. your cost to like get 800 people on there is like a dollar. Yeah. It becomes your access um, as well. It's how you're getting yeah. in and out of buildings. It's how you're using um, your car or whatever it is. It's, exactly. it's going to be your access key at the end of the day. Exactly. Oh, and, and it's like all this technology, like I, I think that's the thing, like back when Consensus was founded and that's why there were so many hub and spokes is like, these were all ideas that people want to go after, but the technology, like we're, we're, we're actually like building it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this year. Um, and so like, it's coming, uh, but of course, like trying to do this eight years yeah. ago uh, was very difficult with the lack of infrastructure <laughs> in place. 
Yeah, well, you, you also have more devs, more projects. I, I'm definitely not going to say I'm mature, but a maturing industry where, where people are, yeah. are building and thinking outside the box daily, which is fantastic. I mean, the, the whole snaps concept is amazing because it is crowdsourcing ideas and then seeing what, can, what you can bring to life. For sure. Yeah, so um, I guess we're, we're coming up on time shortly, but um, what's next? Um, I mean, there are a lot of issues to solve. Um, you yeah. and I have certainly spoken about on-ramps ad nauseum, but um, yeah. what, what's next? Like, what, what are you excited for? And it doesn't have to be consensus MetaMask focused. I'm talking about what is the other Ryan, not this Ryan, what is that yeah. Ryan, uh, <laughs> excited for in, in the space? Yeah, so um, I, I think in terms of what's next, like one, one I'm excited for the stuff that we're doing at Consensus and MetaMask. So, so I will touch on those. And then I, I think yeah, yeah, the gotcha. whole point is like what this does enable. Um, and so like some of the stuff we were talking about is already enough on our plate. But I would say like we are going back a little bit to the basics. Like we've been spending so much time on like how do we um, re-architect uh, MetaMask? How do we make sure that it is flexible? How do we like handle some of these like new primitives on, on where we're going? Um, and so a lot of what, like what's happening between now and the summer is like doubling down on the things we already did. Let's go back to some of the basics. Let's make that user experience very seamless and very smooth. And so you'll yeah. start to see actually a lot of UI updates. We're not going to make too many to freak people out, but like you will start seeing things all of a sudden starting to work a little bit better than they would before, be yeah. a little bit more performant, be a little less buggy. And so like we're really like running towards that for the, until this yeah. summer. And so um, there's okay. some like, native non-EVM support that's going to be coming as well, um, kind of out of the box. So, uh, and then I think some like, I would say revolutionary new methods of being able to spend like your crypto anywhere um, yeah. without the end merchant needing to care that you're using crypto, right? So this goes back to like, let's, let's push a little bit more from that utilitarian perspective and enable them. Um, the things that I'm like most excited about, right? I, I think just like, comes with that evolution of what smart contract accounts allow you to do and the fact of like these this Duncan upgrade of L2s. And so I, I think we finally are at a place and like no one's no one's actually, I, I feel like really used um, the technology fully to what it can get to. And so I think to all the things that you were talking about earlier in terms of like, how do we do, uh, how do we enable people to have financial tools um, anywhere in the world with just a smartphone? I think we can finally do with, with smart contract accounts and self-custodial wallets and do a lot of the stuff that you were talking about in terms of that management and who has control of what and all those fine-tuned limits. Like, we can compete against custodial solutions in a way that they cannot, right? Like, because it is uh, programmed into the contract itself, like, we can actually do those limits and those controls that, like, a Chase or, or Bank of America cannot. Um, so that's really interesting. And I think, again, like, we, we had a big NFT craze, right? And those were mostly, like, art associated with it and speculation. And again, like we're we're starting to make those next steps of how do we how do we start to start to move with some um, that hybrid model of not everything needs to be on chain, so you can have some off chain and on chain sort of like delegations to help manage like who has access to what, who has control to what, um, and then uh, how do you manage some of the costs that are associated with it, right? And like that hybrid approach tends to be the one that always wins. And like, I think before it was like, everything must be on chain. Let's go with the maxi of like, this is the way. And yeah. so now I think people have started to kind of realize that we can do a little bit more of that approach and that makes it much easier. And then the, 
I think the one that's not solved for is, is we're seeing everyone pushing for is like the AI type of things <laughs> is like identity and like making sure like we're validating and like again this this is where blockchain is really really like be a great solution for that problem and like I think I saw something where people can spin up fake IDs in 15 minutes yeah. using AI and like KYC all those issues start to really become a problem but like this is where the space is really really honed in to actually solve that so we'll yeah. see how fast people can move maybe they need that existential crisis to actually use it um but we'll, we'll get there one way or another we will we will i hope so you said something that you are definitely one of very few people that i've ever spoken to who has a similar perspective which is not everything belongs on the blockchain and it's so true uh it's yeah. it's like when we used to i was having this conversation the other day it's like when uh cloud computing was born and became public yeah. cloud and we went yeah. through that whole iteration where everybody was too scared you can't it's it's uh in it's, it's not secure you can't move your workloads up there i'm just going to move my junk into the cloud i'm never going to move my corporate mm -hmm. and then you had uh, some people that just shifted all workloads into the cloud and some said, well, I'm never going to go into public. I'm going to go private. And then there was hybrid. Yeah. And I think yep. that's that's where we exist, which is. Yeah. And all the ones that went all the way to the cloud came back to that like hybrid approach. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're spot on. Oh, that's right. I mean, you you were working closely with VMware. So you went through this yeah. firsthand, same as I did. Oh, yeah. And I think we're doing the same with blockchain, which is um, sure. you can't force everything onto the blockchain because it doesn't all belong on the blockchain. Uh, you can't keep everything off it because there is stuff that should be on the blockchain. And so we're finding this somewhat balanced model where you, you're going to find the happy medium where we know what workloads belong on the blockchain and where you need to actually keep stuff off. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is there anything, um, I know, I know we're, we're ending shortly, but is there anything that's like your number one that you're most excited about? My number one that I am most excited about in the industry as a whole in the industry as a whole it may not yeah be something that like Kadena is specifically working on or that you all are but like something that you would like to like to see happen yeah this is more of a this ryan thing um which yep. is it's non it's non-technology specific it's not tied to Kadena or metamask or consensus i am excited to find something that will help on board the next generation and i don't know if it's going to be education related that entices people to actually go okay i'm going to be rewarded for my education and i can only do that through the blockchain which may actually be where the whole deeper narrative comes into play where people are doing something and being rewarded for that for contributing um but for me i'm excited to crack and i think we've spoken about this i'm excited to crack um open the way that i can onboard uh my kids and for uh that generation to actually get excited about blockchain because there's been yeah. far more of a negative perspective as to what blockchain is and i'm excited to see this narrative slowly change as we see real world use cases for the technology that, that's what i'm most excited about i mean i've, I've been playing around with a whole lot of tech just to see if I can get uh, my, my teenagers excited about this. But uh, once I win that battle, I'm going to be really excited. <laughs> Do you think they need to be excited about it? Because And I'm kind of asking that from a perspective of like, 
maybe the onboarding is they all of a sudden are doing these things and they're using these things and blockchain set of course under the hood um do do like do we need to get people excited about blockchain itself or is it more providing this functionality that they couldn't have before you do not have to get them excited about it but if anybody knows me they know me well enough i get excited about <laughs> stuff that I'm interested in. and uh so i find for me i will uh, learn a lot and I'll engage and I will use something if I'm excited about it. And so sure. I'm trying to see if I can do the same. <laughs> I could be, I could be a hundred percent wrong and fail completely, but it doesn't matter. I will continue to try. Yeah. Uh, but you are a hundred percent right too. Uh, you do not have to be excited. In fact, you shouldn't even know that that's what's happening. That's the only way that we're going to get people to truly, truly use it is to not know. Yeah. For the, the, the age old example of, Whoever questions when they get into the into Uber as to which cloud service provider that app is running on, um, how they're communicating with Stripe or communicating with uh, your bank or whatever else, and how they're validating. Nobody asks that. You get in the car with a stranger. Just so you know, we're getting in a car with a stranger. Yep. We're probably sharing secrets that we, or to, having conversations that we shouldn't have with a stranger. Um, or now in SF, uh, you might get in a car with no driver. With no driver, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know for sure they are recording everything you're saying. So oh, it's a sure. double-edged sword. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard question, The what excites you or what, what are you excited for? Um, I'm just enjoying this renewed energy. Um, not going to lie. Uh, just seeing yeah. where we came from the last year, year and a half, which was very tough for most, and seeing this amazing renewed energy seeing a lot of what was being built behind closed doors actually come to life uh, we're doing a lot of that actually at Cadena, where you're starting to see a lot of the hard work come to life come to fruition and and go live as such and yeah. i'm just excited to to share in that energy and the positivity of hey we've been in the trenches and now we're going to reap the rewards because we've actually built something that people want to use yeah, yeah. I, and maybe that's a good good uh, segment to finish on. But like, I, I think it's a healthy reminder, right? Like the news at one point made it seem like crypto is dead and blockchain is dead. And like, yeah. I think for what you're saying, like it is a very vibrant space. And like when we look at the numbers, like we have more users than ever. Like more people yeah. are looking to this to help them in their everyday lives. We have more developers than ever. And like the amount that's being built, it's like, I don't think the news comes back around and says, actually, we said this thing and now it's different. <laughs> Um, exactly. so it is, it is a healthy thing to remember, like this, we're, we're, uh, we're all working on this together and we have more and more people in this ecosystem helping to drive some value, which is exciting. I love it. And it's people from all walks of life. And for the most part, in some manner, we're all competing with each other, but we're actually all helping each other. And I, I love it. Exactly. Uh, what, one last thing for you before we, we close up, um, and are you heading over to ETH Denver? I don't even remember if I asked you this. I will be there. I'll be there for a couple of days. That is awesome. I, I'm going to be out there. There's a bunch of us that will be out there. I just got my invite today to the uh, Snaps Builder event, which I'm excited for. So awesome. I'll see you and some of your team out there. Um, Ryan, always a pleasure. Um, firstly, amazing name. Secondly, <laughs> amazing to talk to talk to you as always. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to our next coffee uh, or happy hour or at least our time at East Denver. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be hanging out in East Denver. And thanks, Ryan, for having me on. Of course, yeah. Take it easy. Appreciate you, Ryan.
Pardon.